welcome travelers of the multiverse as Fantastic Geek Chronicles What If on Disney+. Plus. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the Supreme variant of Pete. Hello, Supreme Pete. God, I love your made-up words. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek featuring What If for the Season 2 not really a two-parter, but definitely a finale of these two here. Episodes 208, What If the Avengers Assembled in 1602? And 209, What If Strange Supreme Intervened? Is brought to you by Eclairs. They may blow your mind, but we're here for the coin, not the cake. <sighs> Eclairs are pretty delicious, Pete. Pete, as we get ready to record our final uh, episodic podcast of 2023, I know there's another deadline looming. Will you tell us a bit more about that one more time? Yes, if I could just uh, prevail once more on our audience here. I am a nominee for the 2024 uh, Gray List, which is a list of unproduced up-and-coming screenwriters uh, would really, really be beneficial to make that list to get even more notoriety for my script uh, reconstruction. Uh, if you are interested in helping out and it takes minutes, uh, go to our Patreon page. There is a uh, Google form link. Uh, I've attached all the answers there that you just need to copy, paste, and put in, and you help me immeasurably. Thanks again. The deadline is uh, tomorrow night is uh, New Year's Eve at midnight. Pete, one clock clicking down. Another um, truly unceremoniously clock now having started up. You sent me a clip of a thing. And at first I thought like, oh, somebody made a joke. Then I realized that it was the real thing, but it has not been accompanied to any further announcement. So what am I talking about here? Season three of What If? So that clip that you sent me was from, did you say it was the Marvel YouTube? The Marvel Entertainment, the verified YouTube account, yes. And it's a clip of some of our heroes on the run. I don't know how much I want to say about this clip that might be in a show that doesn't come out for two years or whatnot, but it's definitely it's definitely the legit thing with the voice actors, with Marvel actors, with that that what if animation style there so i guess somebody forgot to formally announce that season three is officially a thing i mean hollywood like everywhere else is on vacation right now so perhaps that's the situation but yeah that they've done more of this show so uh make that announcement please and and you can watch that clip uh it's it's official it's not bootleg it's not a leak it's not anything like that um with uh some characters who are going to uh unite in a film uh in 2025 so perhaps by the time we're seeing that we're all excited for those characters teaming up um to see this episode uh at least this scene set in the 80s on an earlier adventure would be a lot of fun and Pete, just looking ahead to a couple of dates for us on January 2nd, uh, just a couple of days away, we'll be doing the What If Season 2 wrap. 
Uh, might record that a smidge early. I don't quite know, but certainly if you want to share your feedback, there's email. We'll have a, a tweet up for it and so forth. Uh, and then looking ahead to January 6th, we'll be doing an Echo final preview ahead of on January 12th, talking about the first two episodes of Echo. Uh, going to be doing, similar to the What If schedule, going to be doing uh, the first two, then a couple of days later, the next two, and a couple of days after that, the, the fifth and final episode. Uh, of that series that's going to drop all at once yes get yourself over to the echo uh podcast uh by fantastic geek feed leave us a rating leave us a review help us get that out there in the algorithm in episode 208 what if the avengers assembled in 1602 we have an excellent set of opening music and loki giving the famous hamlet monologue prince thor would like to throw cabbages but above the globe theater another rift opens loki is pulled up and captain carter pulls him down queen hella is taken however and thor ascends to the throne these rifts ravage the land and captain carter was tasked to stop them and she has not summon the witch the Watcher notes that the world is on the brink of oblivion, and there are worlds in the multiverse fated to die. In the Marvel 1602 reality, Wanda pulled Captain Carter to save them. Weeks later, she's seen as a failure, and she can hear the Watcher's narration too. She figures two time periods are stuck together. Impressive. Back in the castle, it is a dark hour, but Wanda senses someone else shall come, a forerunner who has fallen through time. Peggy goes to Tony Stark, though he's of this time. Who's the person causing reality to collapse? They can hardly track it. Perhaps needing Thor's scepter, but who could steal it? We cut to Roger's hood, stealing from the rich and aided by Scott Lang and Bucky Barnes. They're visited by Captain Carter, who looks like the late Maid Margaret. So can he steal the scepter? He will to save the world. With that, the Royal Yellow Jackets have arrived. Time to fight with delightful swordplay. Our heroes seem to be winning, but ye oldie fire-breathing suit of armor turns the tide for the royals. Peggy is ultimately cornered and taken to the Tower of London. The Watcher wonders if she'd like to leave, but she wants to save this place. She is told that finding and destroying the Forerunner may result in unintended consequences. What if, what if, she doesn't care, she's Captain Carter. She escapes to find the monster in the Iron Mask. He says he likes being there. It's peaceful, says Bruce. One door smash later, Hulk want peace. The next morning, Tony has created a box of gears which will reveal the Forerunner. All that's needed is the stone from the scepter, and our heroes will sneak into the latest court session to steal it. Court opens, and just as quickly, there's another tear. Goodies attack. Time for Sir Hogan to fight Roger's hood. The feather slice enrages Sir Hulk Hogan into Hulky Hogan after a bit of Hulk smash the Sir Hogan. Thor fights Peggy with his adamantium blade, courtesy of the King of Wakanda, and Wanda can only hold the first for so long. It's all been a diversion with Wanda and Fury helping to get the scepter gem to Stark. It's put into his device and it needs some adjustments. It whirls out a gauntlet blasting green energy onto Thor. And we see that the forerunner is Steve Rogers. At the Battle of Wakanda, he struck an infinity gem. This time, Steve and Peggy don't get their happy ending. He presses the gem and all flash green. Ultimately, Peggy is stuck in 1602. And she will get a lecture from the Watcher. Actually, it's Stephen Strange with a story for next time. 
taking us into episode 209, What If Strange Supreme Intervened? We open with a full animated Marvel Studios logo, Watch Out World. The Watcher reflects on London 1602, made possible by the time-traveling Captain Carter. And she's being visited by Stephen Strange. He's happy to help her home, that fellow guardian of the multiverse. They go to the Sanctum Infinitum, and Strange has been collecting universe killers, but one has escaped. The baddie is someone who would see Strange coming a mile away. Once Peggy has done the job, she can go home. In the South Dakota Badlands, there's a Mount Rushmore to Red Skull. Here, neither Captain Carter nor Captain America were around to stop Hydra. But what's in the woods? It's Kahori, but she's not the universe killer. Stephen Strange is. And with that, both are pulled into Strange's realm. It turns out heroes and villains alike are being fed to the Forge, all to bring back Christine. Peggy would never do this to save Steve. That doesn't stop Strange, and how can Captain Carter stop him? She throws her shield, causing a riot of universe killers to be free. It does give cover for Peggy and Kahori to escape elsewhere, where they meet zombie Wanda and the rest of our zombie friends. It's a smashing good fight, but all stop when Hela arrives. Will our heroes kneel before the goddess of death? No. But with Surtur versus Hela giving cover, the ladies run elsewhere, coming across first Thanos, then Killmonger in the Infinity Suit. Peggy puts on that suit, and she and Kahori approach the forge and fight Strange. He uses magic dragons, and our heroes take fleeting blasts at the forge. Kahori notes Strange has lived alone too long, but then he's aided by an infinite number of Stranges. Peggy replicates the idea with a score or more of Carter's. Soon enough, Strange turns them into butterflies, covering Peggy. She snaps awake back to the moment Steve Rogers went into the machine, but a butterfly flutters by. She punches Steve, turned back into Strange, continuing the Forge fight. Strange portals fighters into the Forge, and Kahuri offers different portals to pull them back up. Hela, falling, throws Peggy her helmet. Thor sends her his hammer, and our heroes get the Ten Rings and Super Hulk's sword. In a moment of pause, Kahuri sends everyone home, and the ladies power up. All the weapons blast Strange, even as he transforms into a more devilish form. Can he be defeated? Further fighting ensues, with Peggy's infinity suit destroyed, the stones scattered. Kahori sends the stones to Peggy, who uses them to punch one more time, withering Strange for a moment. Captain Carter and the Strange Beast fall toward the forge, but Peggy catches herself. Strange is subsumed, and the explosion spreads. Peggy awakens in the Watcher's place, and is told Kahori was sent home. Peggy and the Watcher see a universe with no Stephen Strange, but Christine lives. It turns out the multiverse needed Peggy Carter. She's ready to go home, perhaps via the scenic route. The Watcher shows her the Tree of Time. A divergence has occurred. What's changed? And would we keep the changes? So, I have to wonder pete when we're looking at this 1602 episode i have to wonder if i was watching it with unfair eyes because every episode of marvel studios what if has been about a half hour long um and it is it has been in a similar kind of animated but realistic mcu style uh and it also has made the stories half hour sized sometimes interconnected to the what if arc that we have sometimes not i love the graphic novel so much and it is so expansive it is so kind of thoughtfully done with so much stuffed in there that 
maybe this episode was always going to come up a bit short for me. Uh, and I was interested in texting with you where I was like, hey, I'm kind of down on it. And you're like, but it was pretty good. And I was like, I don't want to be a downer. I, it's probably better than I initially felt. Uh, but what were your thoughts, Pete? Is it supposed to? Can it surpass the or- original from the comic? I, I don't think it can. I mean, if, if I have one note of disappointment on it, it's that they bypassed Peter Parquat which was just a, a great thing. But given that, you know, this is centered in England, um, you've got Captain Carter pulled there. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a ton of fun. The, the Rogers hood uh, aspect to the story, the number of uh, voice actors, we continue to get back here to to play around in this sandbox. It's just a ton of fun. I I cannot imagine not enjoying this series. I think that I I, I do tip my hat to this episode, uh, taking the most popular what if character, Captain Carter, and making her the protagonist. The graphic novel really does not have a main character. It really is the universe yes. of Marvel stars. Um, and as you hint at, and this is not really a spoiler for anybody who has not read Marvel 1602, uh, the character of Peter Parqua constantly is close to getting bit by a spider and then never does, or maybe does right at the very, very end. But it's like they don't do anything with him as a character. So I, I, I could see the argument for not, using him at all here but to do it through the lens of captain carter to do it as part of the ongoing story um i pete i won't spoil the twist similar as it may be to this episode i won't spoil the twist of the graphic novel in part because i remember feeling like a big dummy that i had never said that tall blonde haired blue-eyed native american i never said his name out loud when i was reading it um and then when they finally revealed who that guy could be, I was like, I'm a big dummy that the native American with blonde hair and blue eyes, maybe he ties into things. So I, my point being that to me, that was such a great twist in the graphic novel here. It's a bit more compact and, and I think fitting to what they're trying to do in this season. You mentioned Captain Carter and just seeing chuckleheads Oh, stop trying to make Captain Carter uh, a thing. Um, stop trying to make her happen. Uh, she's happened. She's happened a bunch of times. She is the protagonist of two seasons of this show, leading into a third with The Watcher. Uh, she's appeared in live action. We love Haley Atwell. Uh, stop trying to not make her happen. Um, yeah, particularly, I mean, we always return to what is successful in streaming. How does one measure success and so forth? All I know is way back when they announced two seasons, they now have done two seasons with this, um, clip from season three that I guess constitutes an announcement or announcement to be made or whatever that's going to look like. Um, one can only infer that the show is successful enough to now have more episodes other than, all right, we made our commitment and animation takes a ton of lead time. So even if you felt like it wasn't 
ultimately the hit Disney wanted or whatever, you still kind of continue with the production. The fact that they want more means it's working. So, yeah, sorry if Captain Carter showing up in less than half of these 18 episodes is somehow making you feel afeard in your parts. <laughs> um, and then really to have Strange Supreme appear as both protagonist, anti-hero, brought back, destroyed in this season two finale but christine returns all right you don't bring back the voice actress because the character doesn't need to talk we get that um you know works as a perfect foil to uh peggy carter and you know out of the first season episodes that that strange supreme episode was so emotionally powerful perhaps the most emotionally powerful um and, and surprisingly so in a concept where you can just say you know what if zombies and we're gonna have a fun zombie story and that's largely self-contained etc um to return to the potency of that character here to have him as a through line that then lets you bring back captain carter as the solution to this arc and to the solution to the you know episode 209 ditto for kahori and the team up i mean my only complaint for episode 209 might be it felt like so much of it was and then the fight continues and the women use a diversion to go to room two where the fight continues and then they get a diversion but that's just a plot complaint it was great seeing all the characters seeing some of them in the background uh whether they were in action or whether they were in suspension but again pete if my biggest complaint is in the climax of the season there was lots of fighting between heroes using powers then uh yeah welcome to the mcu welcome to the party pal the blink and you miss them references there i'm pretty sure we saw loki the kid uh in in the old west there there was a cowboy with green flourishes and and black hair um rocket as a cyborg <laughs> The clip they had previously released from the finale dealt with uh, zombies and there was a lot of speculation. It was a return of that full on episode, which to me is, you know, a really high point. Um, there's so many good ones across the two seasons now to have to pick a favorite is, is difficult. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Um, and using, as you said, you know, the various MacGuffins, you know, when Hella throws the helmet, I mean, I'll ding him a little bit. I don't know if it's an animation flourish or whatever. When Peggy Carter wears the helmet, she never like unlevels her head, which is a little weird to look at. Um, but that they wind up with Molnir and the the crown helmet and you know whatever they referred to uh odin's uh spear as we'd never heard the name in uh you know live action animation uh before you know to have all these things and to have that big fight like it's a culmination it is and you know at the end of the day it's one that works i think that as you mentioned, Strange Supreme is hero and anti-hero and villain and all these things in the episode. Um, I enjoyed 
his final moments in terms of the, visually they are suggesting that he is parting himself a bit from the devil persona the devil the darkness in him that sort of thing as he falls like there's some sense of him trying to get the monkey off his back um and then the notion that nonetheless his sacrifice uh his sacrifice was a noble one even if his purpose was not look now christine has lived in a timeline and the sacrifice is no stephen strange there's a poignancy to it um and then almost icing on the cake pete coming off of watching and podcasting loki and really having the sense among other things (laughs) elements of loki season two i.e certain actors from it will not be continuing in the mcu and also wondering how connected are these shows okay fine loki in the tree of time is that setting up time lord loki in a movie or something probably not to then have the watcher take peggy carter via the scenic route to the tree of time i don't know that it means anything i don't know that it means a season three guarantee of anything or or whatever it might be but I was happy to sit there and say, hey, I watched the Loki. I saw the Tree of Time at the end. I see it here at the end of this show. Uh, it, it really is all connected, I guess. To look at the way that What If echoes in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, to see now how this is echoing season two, the final season of, of Loki, um, and the potential for more of that story that you've had Loki. I mean, look at the way that Hiddleston ate it up in, you know, episode eight here. Okay. With the Shakespeare and being a prince and getting a stagecoach jacked. Like this is the series that we need to augment again like a sandbox to continue to play in this universe well your words remind me of an observation i've made as we've talked about the ant-man movies over the years which is sometimes i like the smaller stakes movie because it's not you know did they check off enough boxes and what's the secret scene and how's that going to set up the next thing and where are we up to with counting stones or counting thanos appearing and things of that sort the ant-man movies less so with the third one but it's kind of like like let's go do a thing have an adventure and so forth that's this show to a t you want to make them interconnected fine as we've been talking about all season we've been anticipating there being a season arc too much of it because that's what the first season did even though we didn't know it uh always you know when watching the first season brand new but this is the place to do it where i feel like you asked me to watch for nine days. I watched for nine days. I kept track of all the details. I know what's not connected. I know what is. And I know it's also, you know, these are all branch timelines. Or am I worried about it being the animated universe versus the live action universe? Not in terms of content. I know that people can come and go and it's, there's just less pressure. And I'm, I'm, I'm digging that. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely echo that aspect, you know, whether it's, bringing back a a bearded Steve Rogers who we split off from infinity war and we make him this forerunner um, and much to echo the, uh, you know, tragic love story of strange Supreme and Christine this with 
uh, Peggy and, and Steve, as we've done a bunch of times uh, throughout the films. And then, um, you know, seen it on uh, Twitter and hadn't really considered it. Every time Thanos appears, he loses. Uh, it's a it's a reliable post uh, post endgame story spot for Thanos, certainly, uh, and a comfortable one. Love that for the season two finale for the first time here, we get a what if uh, card, um, you know, with the animated heroes across the multiverse in that it was a really nice touch. Yeah, um, it felt like a moment of triumph for this show. Um, it will be interesting to see. Well, this show is done by Marvel Studios Animation, the division of Marvel Studios, blah, blah, blah. Some of the other shows that they um, are working on are uh, Spiting His Amazing Friends, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, but also uh, X-Men 97, Marvel Zombies, and Eyes of, Wak- Eyes of Wakanda. So I don't know if this title card is showing renewed uh, trust in the Marvel Studios animation brand i don't know if that's something that we see when x-men 97 comes out side note when last we were updated on that it was early 2024 pete in a couple days it will be 2024 maybe they want to give us a date there on x-men 97 i'm not saying we will or we won't podcast it but um but yeah that title card kind of said this is what we're doing and we're you know we do have a healthy marvel studios animation division here they do, and um, they don't need the, the dates at this point. We know enough is coming. Uh, when we get it, we get it. Pete, time for some messages from the multiverse. And first stop is Twitter, uh, where people were asked to rate and comment on these two episodes. The lowest rung, alas, poor York, got 10%. Uh, next up, commoner stuff got zero percent. Uh, the, the the three out of four star spot, knights to remember, ten percent, and then giving the crown to royal adventure got eighty eighty uh, percent of the votes. Some replies here: Major Noel Gardner, great season from start to finish. Sixteen oh two was better than I imagined it would be. The finale was massive and just solidifies that Doctor Strange is a menace. Can't wait for season three and more, Bucky. Next, Diana Bodenberg said, this was such a great season. The ladies are doing it. We need a live-action Captain Carter, Kahuri team-up movie or series. Yes. Ending the season with Yidrasil was that kind of emoji with the the pinching, like the, ooh, so good. <laughs> um, hope there's a season three. Uh, Diana goes on to say, oh, and Carter making two Star Wars references this season made me very happy. Um and then Noel reiterating, there is going to be a season three. Here's the that that video on YouTube. A look into the future, Marvel Studios. What if? So uh, the hope is real. Uh, next, we hear you from Andre Yeager at Doctor Polo in 1983. Uh, they killed it this year. Great characters and stories. I like the way they pulled it together in the end. And last but never least, Pete Spider Ham Lincoln. Uh, or if he's in the 1602 universe, he's I guess he's just regular Lincoln because he never got bit by the Sir Spider-Man. Spider-Ham. <laughs> Sir Spider-Ham. Uh, Tess LC139 says, I really like that Peggy slash Captain Carter was the main character throughout both seasons. These last two episodes were a lot of fun. Just what I want in a what-if story. Bring on season three. So there you go, Pete. I got to think 
they'll hold off from uh, 2024. I, I think it'll be a early 2025 joint. Like I said, seems what we've seen timed tied to uh, a big team up movie that comes uh, not this coming year, but the following. Well, Pete, this whole outing of What If, I will just remind everyone, is not quite done yet. Uh, we will be wrapping for the season uh, in the first uh, couple days there in the new year. But uh, this outing made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. So big thanks to all who keep us listeners supported. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from. But Matt, with this being our 105th and final podcast of the year, if you were going to contribute the minimum of just a dollar a month to get you in that door to be helping us out, uh, you place the value on the podcast. That's the beauty of uh, Patreon. Uh, you'd be paying effectively less than 10 cents per episode that we put out and still be helping us. And as always, that help so appreciated. Pete, let's keep the Marvel conversation going. Uh, of course, though, what if about the sunset, the sun rising on Echo and maybe if i understood your hints from our last podcast maybe a character from this season of what if we might see in echo uh, but pete how can people be in touch with you on social media find me on twitter you can find me on threads you can find me on blue sky at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-l-r-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r Twelve thousand six hundred followers can't be wrong and while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. One more time, back to wrap the season on January 2nd, previewing Echo on January 6th, and diving into the first two episodes on January 12th that over on the pop culture podcast feed and the dedicated echo podcast feed with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you supreme pete the final word man i love the swashbuckle 